Welcome to the Hen L Sports Podcast with your hosts, Henry and Elliot. So today, guys, it's episode four of the pod, and we just want to thank you guys for, like, the support. And our first episode, I don't know how, it just went really viral. Well, not really viral, just, like, 90-some views. And we we want to get back on that track. So to save some time, let's just get right into the today's Big day, NBA season starting, what else? College basketball rankings came out yesterday, big day in NFL trades, a lot to look forward to. Right, and and I feel like these games are less hype without Zion now, today. Yeah, today is all of a sudden changed a lot because no one cares about any of the games until, well, there's only two games, until the 10-30 game, which is Lakers and Clippers, without Paul George. But still, it's the Lakers versus Clippers, which is going to be a very big game. And we'll get all into the NBA stuff. We'll talk about college football, MSU basketball. Not really much to talk about in MSU football because we just know that they're not the best this year. Definitely give our prediction for the Penn State game, but look for that later to come. Some injuries, some top 25 reactions, and our... World Series preview. And the World Series does start today. What time is the first game? First game does start at 8.08 Eastern time. And Houston Astros play the Washington Nationals. Give our prediction for the World Series. Talk about more of that later. But let's start with our first topic with today's big NFL trades. The big ones, I think, are Patriots acquiring Sanu from the Falcons. Let's be real. The Falcons didn't really have much to play for. What do you think? I would agree with that. Um, they didn't need Sanu at this point. They have a young receiver in Ridley, obviously have the top three receiver in the NFL in Julio Jones, and Sanu was just kind of that third guy doing nothing. And their season's basically over if Matt Ryan's out for an extended period of time, even now their season's over. So they just wanted to stash up on some picks, traded him to a team who's willing to give up picks because they're contending in the Patriots and got a nice haul second-round pick. And... The Falcons, I think Matt Ryan's injury is more serious than what you think. They might hold him out and just... Wait till next season because right. the season's already over. And like Tank for Tua. The Tank yeah. for Tua starts. Tank for Tua started a while ago. Right. right. But our next big trade, the 49ers, San Francisco 49ers is that. Um, they trade for Emmanuel Sanders from the Denver Broncos. For third and fourth round picks, Emmanuel Sanders has gotten up in the age, but I think this shows that the 49ers are actually trying to compete. Yeah, by the way, also the the Broncos did also include a fifth round pick with Emmanuel Sanders for just to make the trade a little more fair, I guess. And the 49ers have a really, really good defense. Jimmy Garoppolo has been very good and also... Uh, their receiving court and their basically their whole specialist like running backs tight end tight ends very good position they have George Kittle but running back and receiver they kind of lack they don't have like a top end guy I wouldn't say Emmanuel Sanders is a top end guy but he's good enough to be the number one guy there because he's been that for at least the last year you could say in Denver and we could say that the 49ers wide receiver court isn't the best but adding a, what you could say, wide receiver as George Kittle, he can do it all. You can receive, you can block, kind of like a Gronk, you could say. Mini Gronk. And um, 
I just, I think it's a great trade for the 49ers if they're trying to compete. And I don't know why they would trade for him if they're not. But to try and match them, the Seahawks bring in Quandre Diggs from the Detroit Lions. They trade, they trade Quandre, or they, yeah, the Lions give them Quandre in a seventh for the Seahawks' fifth round pick. I think this is a good move for the Seahawks. Very good move for the Seahawks. Terrible move for the Lions. The Lions, I thought, were going to be a team competing, but obviously they look like very deflated after this loss to the Vikings. Um, They had a lot of injuries to the defensive line and linebacking core, and this could be very devastating and could end their season. So I guess they had reason to trade him, but if they were going to trade him, I would say trade him for more because the... Seahawks were in need of, uh, of a new safety after Earl Thomas and another good player in their secondary, so they tr- should have tried to get more out of what they had. Um, I'm going to disagree with you here. I don't think it's a horrible trade for the Lions because Quandre Diggs did have two years left on his deal and was making $18 million in those two, two years, and I do not think he's a $9 million player. So maybe they were trying to get some salary cap off, trying to get some draft picks. But I don't know. What you said, that devastating loss, I don't know if it was devastating because if you think about it, at their only really touchdown when our defense were was actually full-on healthy was the Adam Thielen touchdown when he got hurt. And that was an amazing route. Darius Slay just got caught. And actually... I, Darius Slay was out after like the halfway through the second quarter and Snacks Harrison, which provides a lot of pass rush and a lot of run defense, actually was out probably a quarter of the game. And then Carrion Johnson got placed on IR today, which will be out minimum eight weeks. I think he's done for the year. And Fantasy owners, be look be on the lookout for Ty Johnson out of the College of Maryland this year, the fifth round draft pick, or fifth to seventh, seventh, fifth? Something like that. And he should be the number one back unless it's the other McKissick, I think. But um yeah, just the Lions, I don't think it was much of a terrible loss as you think. But do you want to move on? Now on, we're going to give, like, talk about what happened this week in the NFL. Big week in the NFL. A lot of questions answered. Definitely about the top end on the NFC side. Starting with the Saints looked really, really good against the Bears. I wouldn't say the Bears are a top end team right now because their quarterback situation is kind of terrible. Oh, God, I hate him so much. But... Other than that, Bridgewater outplayed Trubisky by miles, and the Saints have no reason to rush Breeze back since Bridgewater is undefeated so far. Also, we have the Ravens going into CenturyLink Field and beating the Seahawks. That's crazy. Um, a lot of people were saying that Lamar Jackson was back to his last year things. He can't win big games but he did do what a lot of people say he mostly is he's a runner he ran for over 100 yards but he did win the game against Russell Wilson right now which is in my opinion the MVP and shows a lot about the Ravens 
Also, Packers, big statement against the Raiders and Lions, obviously got a big beat down by the Vikings. Um, I want to go back to Lamar. People, or maybe not all people, but some people have said Lamar could be a candidate for MVP because he has the ability to run the football and he could throw the football. I don't see what's wrong with that. Do you see any wrong with a, an opinion about that? No, because he, obviously you saw last year Kyler Murray won the Heisman and he, I think, ran for over 500 yards and through a bunch lot had a lot of almost 50 total touchdowns shouldn't mean anything how you get the touchdowns it's just like if your team wins and how and if you're putting up the numbers because that's how the MVP is usually chosen and so are we ready to move on or do you want to talk a little bit more um give a little I'll give a little bit more about the AFC okay. um the Patriots look phenomenal it's ridiculous they had six turnovers forced yesterday, and it's not even close right now that they're the best team in the NFL. Um, Chiefs, obviously, devastating injury to Patrick Mahomes, but I think they will be okay with Matt Moore at quarterback because that offense is just too deadly. I think they do need to make a trade on defense for some type of player in the secondary because they're already getting eaten alive, and Matt Moore is definitely not... Patrick Mahomes, but the AFC is still top-heavy. Texans showed that it was kind of a fluke that they beat the Chiefs, lost to the Colts, and Deshaun Watson didn't play very well. DeAndre Hopkins kind of had his first good game back and starting to look very, starting to look like that receiver that we all thought he was. Colts look really, really good. Um, could contend actually for top two seed in the AFC because of the fact that um, Mahomes is out for going to be out for a while, and we'll have to see. Um, I want to go back to the Mahomes injury. I was, re- as a Lions fan, I was really planning on like maybe us screening us beating Green Bay Monday Night Football, maybe us beating the Vikings, but then I was like. Oh, they haven't played the Chiefs. They haven't played the teams like the Chargers who could go out there and win a football game. But now that the Matt Moore is taking over for Mahomes because of his dislocated kneecap, I don't know. And they both and the Chiefs play the Vikings and the Packers in those weeks that back he's out. Back weeks, um, play the Packers on Sunday Night Football this week and the week after they play the Vikings. But... Anyway, I think, I don't know what's going to happen. It's a toss-up, I think. But are we, do you think we're ready now to move on? Yeah. All right, so let's go to NBA. Tonight's the first night, and we're actually watching the Raptors give out their rings, and they're putting their banners up. But let's talk about some injuries. Zion, out four to six weeks. Six to eight weeks, actually. Six to eight, sorry. And... With a meniscus injury and... Underwent surgery a few days ago. Um, I do think it's a cause because he weighs too much. He is definitely a very explosive player that big... He's a big kid, but he needs to lose weight, at least go down to 260. Not lose the muscle, but lose all that fat that he has because he's definitely not the most 
like fit person. He needs to pack pack more a little more muscle, but lose some of that fat and get down to about 260 where he's not putting all that stress on his knees and getting injured so often. Um and Blake Griffin, our Detroit Pistons stud, we could say is going to get reevaluated in November with hamstring problems. And I think that's a huge loss. Definitely, because the Pistons right now could contend, in my opinion, for a somewhere between 3 to 8 seed in the East. I see more of like a 6-ish. But you never know. Pistons shock all of us sometimes. You Most likely, they'll probably start at 3rd, probably till about February, and then they'll choke and not make the playoffs. But... We'll have to see. And this is definitely a devastating injury, but Pistons have played without a star before. And I wouldn't consider Blake a star in the league, but he's definitely a very good player. And Christian Wood, his backup, he is, looks promising in the preseason. Yeah, I haven't really watched much of the Pistons preseason because, no offense, they suck yeah. a lot. But they've looked... Okay, from what I've heard on other, from, on, like, Instagram and Snapchat and all those social medias about Pistons, the Pistons, and we'll have to see, but why don't we give our, um, representatives from the East and the West and then our finals prediction, because the NBA season's starting today. Um, yeah, would you like to go first? Yeah. Out of the East, I think I'm gonna take the... I'm going to take the 76ers here because I think they'll be able to stop Giannis with all that size they have. The shooting isn't there, but the Bucks don't have a lot of shooting either. Middleton's really the only knockdown really good shooter. They have Bledsoe too, but they lost one of their better shooters in Brogdon to the Pacers. But I do think they could they will come out of the East with all that size, and they have a top 10 player in the NBA, in my opinion, in Joel Embiid. Top five, in my opinion. Yeah, you could say that. Definitely the best center in the league, right? Unless you want to say Jokic, but probably top two. And you could also say Anthony Davis is a center, but in my opinion, he's a power forward. Now, out of the West, I'm going to say... I'm going to say the Lakers here, because I don't think there's any way where the Lakers just trade for AD and have LeBron and just don't make it to the finals I just think they are maybe not a better team but they just have but it's LeBron and 80s still young and the youngest out of the those big four that are in LA Kawhi and Paul George Robinson the Clippers and I think they will get off to a kind of a slow start because they're without Paul George for a while and I do think that that will be a crazy series in the Western Conference Finals between those two going to a seven game series but I think the Lakers will pull it out in Game 7 because they're all really home games. It's just game. It's, they're all going to show up equally because Lakers fans could have seven home games because there's more Lakers fans right now in L.A. than Clippers fans. And then I do have the Lakers winning the championship just because once they're going to make it, they're not going to lose. Um, if they make it, Staples Center will be absolutely crazy because they haven't been there in so long. And it's LeBron playing for the Lakers. I just think it's... There's no way that if they don't... If they make it, that they're going to lose. I would say probably a six, five or six game series. Maybe seven. I 
going on to my opinions or predictions, you could say. I believe the Milwaukee Bucks will win the Eastern Conference and will actually show that they can prove themselves in the playoffs. Well, they've proved themselves. It's just they haven't proved themselves enough. And I think that you said only Chris Middleton would is a knockdown shooter. I think Brooke Lopez, adding that three-point shot to his game in around 2018, 2017-ish, really is going to help the Bucks in their favor because they need a stretch big to actually spread the floor if Giannis is just going to drive the whole time. And I think that's what he's meant for, Giannis. I don't think he should be shooting outside shots of the paint, maybe like three or four a game. But that's why they have Brooke Lopez there. And I think they will, with Coach Bud, I think he will find a system that will work perfectly. And for the Western Conference, I actually think the Houston Rockets are going to win that division because I don't know about LeBron's health right now. I don't know about Paul George's shoulder right now. I know Paul George's shoulder isn't much of a big factor, but it's still pretty big. And he could easily re-injure it, but we we obviously hope nobody gets injured because we just that would be horrible. But I think the Rockets will fit perfectly with... I think Westbrook fits perfectly with Harden and Clint Capella being inside. I think Russell Westbrook lost some confidence playing alongside Paul George. And I think he will regain that with playing with James Harden, a former teammate. And I think they can actually prove themselves in the playoffs. I think that going on to the finals, I think that the Milwaukee Bucks will win the NBA finals this year. I do think that the Rockets will prove themselves by making a six to seven game series, but I think next year is their year because I don't think Mike D'Antoni will figure it out so much by the end of, I think he'll figure it out by the end of the year that it's just a little bit too late, and I just don't. And I think that Bucks team is really good. Although they did lose Malcolm Brogdon, I think they could have a stretch four run that. So you can kind of have Giannis be like a fast center. Not really a center, but he's not a center. But actually being able to play like it, play inside most of the time. So do you have anything else you want to add before the season actually starts? Not really. Um... NBA is much more going to be a much more fun season this year than last because it's not there's no Warriors or there's obviously the Warriors still in the NBA but they lost KD and um, they also lost Boogie Cousins but Cousins didn't play much and Clay's out for the season I just think mo or most of the season no he's out for Steve Kerr did put it out oh well then in that case. They, there's no Warriors, like, stud team with five all-star caliber players. And I do think the NBA is just going to be more fun in general to watch this year. Um, so, let's move on to the week eight. Last week, college football, week eight, 
we had Wisconsin lose unexpectedly, very unexpectedly, to the Fighting Illini of Illinois. Yeah, um, I did watch some of the game. Crazy ending there with the field goal and Jack Cohn, very, in my opinion, unclutch player. Um, Wisconsin should have won that game. It's, there's no other way I can put it. Wisconsin's a better team. Didn't deserve, or they deserve to lose because of how bad they played. But they were obviously the better team and shouldn't have lost. And that sets up a crucial matchup against Ohio State in Columbus, which I see, in my opinion, no way they win. But we'll come back to that. And I think that that, put, that loss puts them out of playoff. I think they have no chance because dating back to last year, when Ohio State unexpectedly lost to Purdue, you could kind of say this is like that. And uh, no, oh, I would say that was kind of like game of the week because the top, uh, whatever you call them, analyst and uh, commentator were there. Usually that's, they go to like what, what they think is they, the best kind of game of the week. Maybe, maybe it wasn't the best game of the week, but it was a good enough game where they were there and people thought that Ohio State could lose. It was a trap game and... I see no way where um, it just happens. And um, let's just let's just put that in the past because I actually did think Wisconsin was gonna make the playoffs, but I don't think that anymore. But Penn State beats U of M in the Big Ten matchup, and let's talk about it um Shea Patterson proved himself in the second half not in the first half I think if the defense played better I think they weren't awake in the first half but that's just I mean want to say something not much to talk about here um Penn State better team Michigan not very good unclutch drop by Ronnie Bell there at the end other than that Penn State I thought was going to win anyways, but that's it. And now Ohio State runaway in the Big Ten, I think, is confirmed. I wouldn't say necessarily confirmed because Minnesota's still 7-0. and Somebody's has Everybody still left on their schedule has a chance to beat them because they're going to play them. But I wouldn't say there's no guarantee that Ohio State's going to go. 12, 13, whatever, whatever, how many games they would play to win the Big Ten Championship and go undefeated into the playoff. But there's still a lot of good teams in the Big Ten. They still have to play Michigan in Ann Arbor. Michigan is going to want, Harbaugh is going to want to do anything he can to win that game because it at least gives them hope in the future because they beat Ohio State for the first time in Harbaugh's career. And um, in the Big Ten Championship, could they could have to play Wisconsin again or a undefeated at that point, maybe Minnesota team, which is very dangerous because they they think there's at that point they probably would still be underrated and want to be a team like Ohio State, like a, like the Big Ten Championship game in I think 2013 when Michigan State actually beat Ohio State and Michigan State was counted out and no one thought there was even a chance that Michigan State would win. Um. I want to ask you, do you think Michigan could, Michigan could make the playoffs being a two-loss team if they went out, win the, win 
against Ohio State, win versus Wisconsin again. Do you think they could if the SEC just, like, falls apart? Yes. If the SEC falls apart, if Oklahoma loses a game, if Pac-12 falls apart, a lot of things would have to happen. And also, they'd have to win those games convincingly for them even to be in the consideration because a two-loss team has never been in. And the closest team that was even they thought about it was a it was actually a three loss team at that time an Auburn team which lost to Georgia but if they would have won they would have been considered other than that no other two loss team has been considered and I just want to point this out Tua Tagovailoa has been as is injured I don't know what injury what is it uh is in another ankle injury to the opposite ankle he did have surgery minor minor surgery people are saying could be anywhere from 10 days or he could miss the he he could miss the LSU game which would be devastating and could be end up in a loss for Alabama it's a home game for Alabama which just helped but without Tua Alabama is much weaker because they don't have that firepower on offense and their defense has been very struggling very much this year and hard to win against a top three team in the country in LSU without player like Tua and I think that Alabama is gonna is I think that if Alabama or LSU loses two games which is totally possible because the SEC is crazy um Alabama could lose to a team like South Carolina or and lose to a team like LSU that could put them at two losses Georgia could lose another game, which could put them at two losses. College football is crazy. I think there's always a chance for a loss. And I think LSU will pull out the SEC title this season because Looks of the like two you changed your mind there, buddy, after our predictions a few podcasts ago. But Well, also, Tua Tagovailoa's injury is, I think, very important. I think it is more... I think it's worse than what people think. I think he could be out maybe the rest of the season. I wouldn't say that, but I think... A surgery is a surgery, Henry. Yeah, but remember, he also had that... I think it was the same surgery against... Or a few weeks, like a few weeks after that Georgia game and still came back and played in the playoff. So... Yeah, but now they don't have Jalen Hurts as their backup. So it's all going to just depend on if he's healthy, but Joe Burrow, I've been watching him. I think he has great vision, and he can extend the play a lot longer than I thought. And I think that he will win the Heisman this year, and he will be the leader of the LSU team that will win the SEC and make the college football playoffs. And if that, and if they do, and Alabama somehow has two losses, and Georgia somehow has two losses, I think that opens up a a possible two-loss team like Michigan, who could beat who could beat a Ohio who would have to beat an Ohio State team and a Wisconsin team or a Minnesota team again to make the playoffs 
but I just don't know. It's all toss-up here. And let's move on to actually the Big 12. We all think Oklahoma is a runaway favorite, but what about Baylor? They have been, what, 6-0, 7-0? Undefeated. Ranked 14th in the country now, starting to get a lot more talked about, and... They do play Oklahoma and Texas at home, which kind of means nothing in this conference because they, they have to play um, each other twice. Well, whoever they want to play would play in the championship game to win the conference. But Baylor should be talked about for playoff conversation in the next coming weeks if they do be Oklahoma and or Texas. And they are my set the, my opinion the second team that will be in the conference championship for the Big 12 and they should be talked about a lot more than they are and their really only tests this year are going to be the back-to-back weeks against Oklahoma and Texas but let's move on to the Boise State loss oh um BYU was not a good team. Still aren't a good team. Boise State had a shocking loss, 28-25. Boise State is 3 and 5, 3 and 4. Boise State is 6 and 1. Oh, Boise State is 6 and 1. BYU is 3 and 4 and I don't know how Boise State lost. A lot of crazy things happen in college football, especially the Mountain West/Pac-12 at night, but that, that's kind of shocking, and I did not expect that to happen. Boise State is kind of taken out of the uh, group of five col- or, uh, New Year's Six Bowl representative, but we'll see. And let's go on to MSU basketball. We have heard that Joshua Langford, unfortunate loss for Michigan State, and he will be reevaluated in January, which will hold him out until then. That is a really big loss for Michigan State. Not going to say us because we don't want to be biased, but Michigan State, our favorite team, um, they just, I think they were missing a two-guard, three-guard. They have Aaron Henry, but I just don't know who's going to fill his role. Maybe like a Kyle Orange could play power forward, Henry to small forward, Rocket Watts shooting guard but we don't know what's gonna happen with that i want to say something about this Izzo was in tears at where when he announced that and in my opinion i'm right now i'm very kind of emotional about it it's that guy is the hardest working one of the most hard working players in the entire nba and NBA? Er, not nba college basketball and he's missed almost a year now and gonna miss over a year in ba- a basketball his favorite sport his love he was a five-star recruit coming out of college high school and I really hope for the best for this guy and hope he comes back in January because by then it's we're in mid mixed of Big Ten play and if we can get him back then he'll, he should be full strength in March which is when we need him and if we're full strength in March you can you you all know for college basketball as college basketball fans what can happen when a team gets hot or is at full strength in March, especially a team with as good as Michigan State. Um, 
Also, a few more quick noted injuries for Michigan State. Uh, Kyle Arns did have a, a ankle sprain in the scrimmage on Saturday against Gonzaga. Minor injury there. Uh, should be fine. As well as Rocket Watts did pull his hamstring. Should be also fine. In my opinion, he could start at the two guard, but that's maybe a story to talk about for another time. And one recruit, the big one, five-star, committed to Michigan, Isaiah Todd. And that's unfortunate to Michigan State fans, Big Ten fans. But I think Michigan deserved one. Yeah, they did. But I never want to see guys go to Michigan. But, I mean... We'll see who Michigan is also able to pick up there and for a lot of guys, but they are now kind of a recruiting home, I guess, with Juwan Howard because he has a lot of connections to all these players. Now we're going to do like our top 25 preseason reactions. AP reactions. So obviously Michigan State as being number one. And my, okay, I'm gonna give a quick note about this. I don't think Michigan State right now is the best team in the country. They're not at health, full strength, health wise. Obviously losing Langford and having a lot of injuries to other players. I do think Kentucky and or Kansas is better than Michigan State. And we shall see what Michigan State does against Kentucky. Big game in the first game here. On to Kentucky. As I said, very, very talented team. I don't think they have a player under... They do have two juniors. Or no, they have two soft, three sophomores and uh, a grad transfer who may not even start. But they do have a lot of freshmen, very talented freshman class. Should be a top five team throughout the entire season. Obviously, we'll lose a few games, but we'll have to see there. Kansas, obviously, a lot of... FBI investigation kind of stuff there, but we'll have to see how, what, how that affects um, them. And on to also about Kansas, they are very talented and could show that they are still a top five team in the NBA and could or uh, college and could, you know, shock a lot of people and be the best team. <laughs> On to Duke. Duke's always going to be up there. We'll have to see. Top, obviously top five recruiting class always. Talented team as always. Trey Jones is the leader here. In my opinion, he's not as good as people say, but he's still a very, very, very good point guard. Vernon Carey, a top 10 recruit, um, should be the best one of the best centers in the ACC and could help a lot for this young Duke team. Um, let's just skip around a little bit. Big Big Ten, Maryland, surprisingly top ten. How do we feel about this? I personally want to hear you, but I have some other personal opinions. Let's hear it. Um, I think they're a very good team. I think they're valued about right where they're supposed to be. Um, they're behind two uh, SEC teams, two Pac or uh, ACC teams. Oh, I said that twice, didn't I? Um, two SEC teams, two ACC teams, a Big 
10 team and a Big 12 team. Though they are the second Big 10 team, I think they aren't really the second Big 10 team. I think they could be considered 1A because they're very talented, very experienced, although they're one of their best players is kind of a younger player, but should be very good for them. And I do think they are valued around right where I think they would be. Um, I am a part Maryland fan, but let's just go through. Anthony Cowan Jr., a senior, about 5'11", we'll give it to him, six foot, and kind of reminds me of a Lurao's Tum Tum Niren, just can shoot and is faster in my opinion. Quick note there, Tum Tum, Tum can't shoot, but... Yeah, that's... like, I said Anthony Cowan can't shoot, no. Tum Tum can't. Oh, yeah, okay, now I get it. And they have got a big, I mean, big boy center coming in. His name is Chol Marial. If you haven't, if you haven't seen it already, look at his highlights. He's a straight god beast, but he's very hurt. And he's hurt, so he won't play this season. But anyway, Jalen Smith, their power forward, I think will run the center this year. And he's a very experienced young man at playing basketball. I think he will go into the draft this year. But he is very he's a good leader, I think, for this young but experienced Maryland team. I think they're all around good. It's just I think they're used to having a Bruno Fernando or an Alex Len being their center, their guy. And we'll just see what happens. It, the season is like a couple weeks away. Let's talk about uh, the teams in between Maryland for just a little bit. Um, Florida and Louisville. Louisville is a very, very good team, young team, and could compete for a ACC championship. My opinion, they're the best team in the ACC. Um, Florida got the best grad transfer in the entire college basketball. And have two top 30 recruits, in my opinion, and two five stars in Scotty Lewis and Trey Mann. They do also have three starters coming back from last year and could compete for an SEC championship. Give a quick little update on Gonzaga, North Carolina, and Villanova. Obviously, those teams are going to be good year in, year out, and... North Carolina obviously had a little bit of a breakdown there at the end last year. Uh, Villanova also wasn't very good last year. Gonzaga came up one game short of the Final Four. All very good teams. North Carolina has Cole Anthony. Uh, Villanova has Jerome Robinson to Earl. And Brian Antoine, who could be out for the season in red shirt. Gonzaga ob- obviously has in my, what people a lot of people are saying is the biggest, like, player like loss like how they're reshaping this team in the past decade for Gonzaga Brandon Clark no they lost a lot of their players oh. and they got a new lot of new players um we'll go through 11 through 15 here uh 11 is Virginia reigning national champions um did lose Kyle Guy Ty Jerome um Jack, Jack Salt. Salt and DeAndre Hunter all to the NBA and or graduation yeah, Jack Salt did not get drafted. Big, big thing there. Um, they could 
still be a very good team, compete for the um, ACC championship with Diakite and Kihei Clark, but that's still always the ACC with a very loaded conference. Texas or Seton Hall, Michigan State does play them in their third game of the year, led by Miles Powell. And it's really just him there. They're kind of a lot like Marquette, who actually isn't ranked, but that's don't really know why that is. Um, they are a very, very good team. And why don't Elliot you talk about Texas Tech? Texas Tech losing Jarrett Culver to the NBA draft, losing Matt Mooney to graduation, played on a summer league team. Um, Matt Mooney, my least favorite college basketball player of all time. Maybe exceptions to like Jordan Poole, Xavier Simpson. But anyways, I just really, they took our, they took out my heart really in the final four game because I love Michigan State basketball a lot. I've somehow followed them a lot more last year. And so let's let's just move on. I don't have so much to say. Memphis got a lot of recruits. Number one overall recruit in James Wiseman. Uh, Precious Alt- Achua. DJ Jeffries. Boogie Ellis. Lester Queens. I don't know how exactly you say his name. Also have a few transfers coming in. And they also didn't lose a lot of players. They are in my opinion, one of the most underrated teams in the, in, in college basketball. I think they are, in my opinion, a top seven team college basketball. You could put, um, I would say, Michigan State, Kentucky, Kansas, Louisville, Florida, and Maryland are all better than them. But I wouldn't say anybody else is really better than them after that. Um, number 15 is Oregon. And they are returning their star point guard, Peyton Pritchard. Have a decent recruiting class. Did pick up a uh, reclassification in in Fonley Dante, who could, but is out until December because of issues with school and the NCAA not wanting him to finish school. I don't know exactly the story there. Um, Baylor could compete for a Big 12 championship. Very underrated team here. Very good. Um, Utah State. Is also um, ranked for the first time in a while and could be the best non, I would say, Power Five, Big East, and Memphis. AAC. But other than that, they're a very good return. Their point guard, starting point guard, who averaged, I think, around. 20 points a game, and their center, center, I don't know his name, but a lot of people have been talking about him. He's a very good player. And I think we're going to stop here. It's really enough to talk about. Currently watching the MLB, or not the MLB, we are watching the NBA playoffs right now. Now we just switched over to play start of season. Start of season, not playoffs. Um, just switched over to the MLB World Series. Nationals in um, Washington. You're in Houston playing the Astros, and Scherzer is starting for them. Um, Garrett Cole already took the mound, and the first play was um, an error by Carlos Correa, just letting you know. But let's just talk about predictions for this series. What do you think? I do think that 
the first inning is actually over, though. Um, I do think the Astros will win this series. They are overall just the better team here. If they don't win, it'd be one of the biggest upsets in World Series history. Nationals are still obviously a very good team, very good pitching staff. The Astros are just matched that in every category and are better in almost every category you can name. I think the Nationals will take it to five games, but I think the Astros come out with the win here. Um, I don't really know much about baseball, but I just know the Astros... Have George Springer, powerful hitter. Jose Altuve, young, quick guy who can um, very much hit the ball if he needs. Carlos Correa, very clutch. Alex, Alex Bregman, very clutch. But I love their pitching. I like I like Verlander being a Tigers fan. I like Garrett Cole. And I also do like their other pitcher. Zach Greinke. Zach Greinke from the Arizona Diamondbacks. I don't know much about baseball here, but I do think the Astros will win this series, and I think they'll win in five. And I think that's all we have for today. Um, we didn't ask about questions. Hopefully, we'll do that in the next podcast, but we want to thank you all for listening. Quick Wait. shout out to the mm Food Podcast. That's M, or four, capital M, three more M's, Food Podcast. Go search them up for funny food reviews. And I think their next podcast will be coming out this Friday. We just want to say our Instagram is hen underscore L underscore pod. So go follow us on Instagram. DM us some questions you want to ask. And you want us to shout out your own podcast. We will. If you give out a shout out for us. But um, we want to... Tell you guys, if you really like our pod, tell us and post it around so people can actually listen to it instead of just hearing you talk about it. And post a link. Our link is in our description in Instagram. And I believe that is it for episode four. Yeah, I want to thank you guys all for watching. Um, this is the Hen L Sports Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thanks.